This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I guess if you've got dual citizenship and you're running to be the leader of a country, that may be uh, somewhat embarrassing. Andrew Scheer, now uh, it's been revealed, is a dual citizen of Canada and the States. His father is an American by birth, and so he passed along the citizenship to Scheer and his siblings. And now uh, Andrew Scheer, I guess, addressed it earlier, saying, well, nobody asked me, so I didn't tell anybody. Uh, And he also had put the paperwork in place, wanting to renounce his citizenship in August. As I understand it, there's quite a backlog. My guess is uh, because guys like Michael Moore and Alec Baldwin are likewise trying to renounce theirs. Wasn't that one of their promises? Uh, Well, let's find out what that all involves uh, so we have a good and clear idea of the renunciation of citizenship Alexander Marino is Moody's Director of U.S. Tax Law and has apparently supported hundreds of Canadians looking to renounce their U.S. citizenship. That is not uncommon. Alexander Marino joins The Oakley Show this afternoon at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Alexander, how are things? Good, John. How are you? Likewise fine. So uh, I guess it's a, a busy busy beat that you follow here, If I, as I understand it. Uh, there's been a run on people looking to renounce their U.S. citizenship. Fairly common thing, isn't it? It is. Uh, we, you know, uh, here at Moody's, we run one of the largest renunciation practice groups in the world and help, you know, anywhere from four to 700 people a year on six different continents uh, successfully navigate the waters of giving up their U.S. citizenship. And uh, Mr. Shear is not alone, even in the political spectrum of individuals who had no decision or no choice in being born U.S. citizens uh, and are now looking to give up that U.S. citizenship whether it be due to the tax obligations and the costs associated and double tax risks of, of having two countries tax your worldwide income, or for, as we've seen here, political motivations. So you want to do it in a coherent fashion is, I guess, the point, and winding things down. How complicated is that? Then walk us through it. Absolutely. So giving up one's U.S. citizenship is not as easy as just sliding the passport under the consulate or embassy door. Uh, there are extensive wait times. Here in Canada, we have the longest wait times in the world to give up U.S. citizenship at seven consulates and one embassy. Uh, there in Toronto right now, if you wanted the privilege to give up your U.S. citizenship, you'd be looking at about a 14-month wait list Ooh. to pay a government fee of 2350 U.S. dollars, plus the what can be very expensive legal fees and compliance fees, because the U.S. government doesn't just let you leave. If you don't renounce properly, they'll look to hit you with an exit tax, an inheritance tax, They can disbar you from ever stepping foot on U.S. soil again if the interview does not go well. So to say that uh, most individuals uh, require and look for legal advice to navigate these waters successfully uh, would be an understatement. And, you know, we've seen politicians such as Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the United Kingdom, was born in New York, renounced his U.S. citizenship. Uh, Mike Nahum, who in Western Australia uh, is the liberal leader, the equivalent of a premier in a province of Canada. And uh, what many don't know, or some may know, is uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, May Mm -hmm. was born in Connecticut. She is a U.S. citizen. She claims she gave up that citizenship in 1978 when she became a a Canadian. Uh, But under U.S. law today, there's a very high likelihood she, too, is still a U.S. citizen. Wow, it's like the Hotel California. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. (laughs) Absolutely. And what a lot of Canadians and, you know, our firm holds renunciation sessions all over the world. Just this month alone, I've been in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, uh, New Zealand, uh, Paris, London. Uh, we do hosting sessions uh, today in Victoria and Vancouver and Toronto next month. 
because quite frankly, the amount of U.S. citizens who, one, may not even know they're U.S. citizens, or two, are beginning to realize the ramifications and the tax consequences uh, are really looking for a way out. So what you're telling me, too, is uh, because it's a 14-month process, uh, if Andrew Scheer, he says he started renouncing his citizenship in August, probably flagging mm-hmm. this, that it might be a campaign issue or may embarrass or whatever motivated him. Uh, that's, Correct. you know, it's not like it happens on an aggressive timeline. And uh, so it's plausible he's in the process and awaiting this. It may not be resolved until next year. Oh, he's, he's absolutely telling the truth. And the thing you got to remember, I mean, our firm has helped more uh, NDP members, liberal, uh, conservative members of parliament uh, go through this process, then you can uh, shake a stick at. Uh, the, the shortest wait time in all of Canada right now to renounce is about five to six months. Uh, the longest is in Toronto, which has the longest wait time in the world of about 14 months. And what's most important to remember about this, and, and this is the misconception that a lot of people don't understand, is this was not Boris Johnson, Andrew Scheer, Elizabeth May's decision. There, there are two options were either be born a U.S. citizen or don't be born. This was not something they elected. This is something that is a birthright under U.S. law, and with it come the tax obligations that follow. So we're quick to criticize a lot of times and don't realize that this was absolutely not their fault at all. And what they're left with on either side of the aisle is trying to deal with this. And not only, you know, obviously famous politicians across the world, but your average Canadian. Because, you know, Boris Johnson, Andrew Scheer, Elizabeth May, they're going to be just fine either way. Uh, But if you're struggling to make ends meet or, um, you know, having an extra hand in your pocket that is the U.S. government, it's going to be exceptionally difficult. Again, with Alexander Marino, Moody's Director of U.S. Tax Law, again, helping people to renounce their U.S. citizenship. But just in the title, I mean, you're the director of U.S. tax law. The wind down, I guess, because the Americans, they want their pound of flesh, too. They don't want to see uh, that you're doing this for reasons of a tax dodge, I'm guessing. So correct. are some of the complexities uh, ascertaining where you might have your uh, estate or wealth stored and uh, what the implications of that would be? Absolutely. One of the criteria is, uh, you know, there are certain thresholds in reference to net worth uh, where an exit tax can be imposed. They have an interview because if they determine that you are doing this to avoid tax, they will kick you out of America forever. It's called the Reed Amendment. So what we help people do all across the world, more than any firm in, uh, in the world, is to make sure that we navigate these waters so that when the individual comes out on the other end, they're treated like any other Canadian as if they were never born in U.S. soil or like Andrew Scheer, born to a U.S. father or U.S. mother, and can allow their financial life to continue uh, with only one government taxing uh, their worldwide assets. And Alexander, I mean, if it's not done according to Hoyle, with all the T's crossed and I's dotted, this can jeopardize uh, your standing to even come back to the States as a visitor with a Canadian citizenship. Absolutely. The, uh, what I always tell people is you get one shot to renounce the right way. There is no redo. Uh, there is no uh, do-over when it comes to this. And you're right. The ramifications can be a, a disposition of your entire net worth. It can be an inheritance tax, a death where your potential U.S. children receive, you know, 40 to 65 percent less of your estate. It can be a disbarment from ever entering the United States again. And again, what, what we do is we make sure none of these things happen. And when you come out the other end, we keep all the good and look to, to remove all the bad. And you don't get a mulligan, I'm assuming, like you want reinstatement after reconsidering maybe three, five years down the road. Unfortunately not. Yeah, there is no mulligan. Now, having said that, if the renunciation is done properly, 
and an individual is treated for, you know, we help people on six different continents do this. But looking at it from a Canadian perspective, because there's more U.S. citizens living in Canada than any other country in the world by far, if it's done properly, you know, there is no mulligan, but you'll be treated like any other Canadian, which means we could get you a NAFTA work permit or USMCA work permit. We can get you a green card. We can get the citizenship back should life take you down there again. But that's very rare. Most of the time, people looking to do this are looking to rid themselves of the burden and continue life in Canada. Yeah, so obviously it's a sober consideration. This is with the U.S. How, how does it work with other countries? Let's say the U.K., uh, maybe, you know, uh, you're a dual citizen from the Middle East, one of those countries, mm-hmm. uh, or the Far East. Does it work similarly? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Unfortunately, the United States and the small East African country of Eritrea are the only two countries in the world that tax on citizenship, which means wherever you go, if you're a U.S. citizen, Uncle Sam will tax you. And then in death, there is an estate tax should you die a U.S. citizen. So there's a strong motivation for individuals not living in the United States to stop this double tax regime. I always joke, I've never met anyone who said I moved to Canada because of the low tax rates. But when you're paying tax in a high-tax jurisdiction like Canada, and then to boot, there's another hand in the cookie jar wanting their pound of flesh, that can be exceptionally difficult to handle. But other countries see it less, but it does happen. I mean, for example, uh, Ted Cruz, who was born in Calgary, Alberta. Mm -hmm. He was born to U.S. parents. He's a U.S. citizen. He's a Canadian because he was born on Canadian soil. And in the reverse, when he ran for president in 2016, he renounced his Canadian citizenship. Mm -hmm. He did it for political reasons. But rarely do you see other uh, countries seeing the mass exodus because, quite frankly, all you need to do is stop living in that country and that country stops taxing you. Whereas if you're a U.S. citizen, it follows you wherever you go until you die or renounce. Well, we hope that uh, Scheer has taken this into consideration because if he fails as leader of Canada, uh, he could never be the leader of the United States renouncing his American citizenship. That is true. <laughs> he could never run for president after renouncing. There you, there you go. Thanks for covering all the bases. I understand this more fully now. Thanks, Alexander. My pleasure. You have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Alexander Marino, Moody's Director of U.S. Tax Law. So now you know. Renunciation. I guess that's maybe why we haven't heard too much about that since Trump was elected, because Michael Moore, Alec Baldwin, and many others of uh, a similar ilk were suggesting that's what would happen if Trump won the presidency. (laughs) Still waiting. Or maybe the papers are still being processed. It does take a while. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.